All right, here yeah. we go. We're Dude, so yeah, I was just uh, <laughs> I was just text banking. It was wicked funny. I um, it was with like other Massachusetts DSA groups, and uh, we were just text banking for Medicare for all. And uh, most of the responses were nice, but I basically got one person who um, just brought up some like stupid leftist infighting drama and was basically like, you guys didn't support, uh, force the vote, so fuck off. And I was like, nice, dude. Got some hate mail. Yeah, that rocks. <laughs> yeah. That rocks. I, uh, I, I don't care. So let's, um, what we should do what the fuck? is... <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, bro? <laughs> no, yeah, it's good that there's, that there's uh, socialist drama. Oh, yeah, always. So it was just, it was like, so we're all just like sitting there on Zoom while we're doing it and joking around and just talking about the responses. I was like, oh shit, I got some hate mail. So we all, we all got a kick out of that. Mm. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I can't wait for the one party state when fucking everyone yeah. hates each other. Yeah, because of some like stupid, uh, some stupid you know, shit <laughs> that somebody yeah. didn't sign off on. Just some like, kind of schism about like the exact meaning of a specific phrase in one like you know that's inevitable of, of, a, of some law. It's completely <laughs> inevitable. Yeah, and then and then for fifty years, it's like brutal, just like blood feud between the, the Zoom wars between two groups that agree on ninety nine point nine 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 percent of things. But you didn't you didn't support force the vote so uh, yeah to the gulag yeah yeah gulag immediate gulag immediate gulag straight straight to gulag, straight to gulag. <laughs> <sighs> um so what else what else what else is new uh, I don't know so you know last week it was like forty five degrees now it's like eighty so that's pretty cool yeah 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 it's really hot <laughs> yeah I'm in I'm yeah. in I'm in the the masturbation cube and it's like soupy in here i've been in here for like what time is it 13 minutes and it's absolute yeah. dog shit um Wait, yeah this this room that i record in is gonna very quickly become like the least comfortable room in the house it's it's comfortable for Do you have about an ac in there ac in there uh i haven't historically because why oh. would we run a separate ac into this was just like our guest Oh, true. There's true. like a futon in here, and now it's sort of my little office. So maybe this summer I'll put one in, but you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of money. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, cool. Well, uh, I don't have anything new in my life because I just don't. Yeah. So at least yeah, you've got at least you've got drama. Yeah. Yeah. That's something. Sure. At least another human feels something for you, <laughs> even if it is disdain. Yeah, yeah. All the creatures in my life feel disdain for me. Kitty, because I don't scratch his head enough, mm -hmm. uh, so he'll let me know at some point while recording this that yeah. it's insufficient amount of head scratches. So I far. actually can't remember the last time he scratched my head. I'm assuming it's not zero <laughs> times. Like having known each other yeah, as long as we have, you've probably done it at least once. But it's probably certainly single been... digits. Probably oh, single certainly, digit and it's been probably 10 years so yeah. i'm feeling a little a little slighted myself um all right well why don't we why don't we uh shift gears here okay and and we can welcome our our beloved and gentle listeners to to the show
gentle listeners. Yeah, welcome. Um, yeah, so hello and welcome. Uh, what did I write? Hello and welcome to Cam and Evan's weekly Wolf Hour, a show where we, my friend Evan and I, that is, talk about all things wolf-related. We love wolves, and this show is dedicated completely and unironically to that love. But today... Yeah. Today we're going to be talking about something that we've never touched on before, something unprecedented on the weekly Wolf Hour. What happens when a man does not love wolves? Um, but <laughs> but before yeah. we do that, uh, do we have an advertisement today? Oh, <clears throat> uh, we do. So, um, you know, this one's it's um it's kind of insulting, and mm-hmm. honestly, I've been sitting on this one for a couple weeks. But we really need the money. I mean, right now I'm drinking regular, uh, filtered, but regular water. It's not even, it's still water. It's yeah. not even seltzer. That's how bad things have gotten. No bubbles at all? No, no, it's just ice. It's in that big oh tiki God. cup. So. It's like we've gone back in time to a Yeah, a I'm drinking what age. the cavemen were drinking. <laughs> <laughs> out of their tiki cups made out of shale. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, this week's episode is brought to you by the Right on Red podcast, the only factually accurate podcast about lesser known or off kilter history, and it isn't hosted by two moron commie liberals. Instead of hearing a bunch of bullshit about how much Ronald Reagan wasn't the greatest president ever, or how January 6th wasn't an Antifa deep state plot against the legitimate winner of the 2020 election, God Emperor Donald J. Trump, why not hear about how communism killed 250 million people, which apparently those liberal socialist snowflake universities refuse to teach anymore? How the Nazis were literally called national socialists, idiots. Or how cultural Marxist pronouns and bio commie fake news Democrats hope to turn America into an anarcho-fascist Marxist dictatorship ruled by corporate communism. This show sounds course- really good. <laughs> Of course, you liberal snowflakes probably don't even realize Joe Biden has already been executed by Gitmo by military tribunal, <laughs> but the deep state cloned him beforehand, yeah. and now they are running the country through him. But listening to a garbage podcast like Left on Red is probably actually killing your puny liberal brain cells. God, man, I never even thought of that. Yeah, they're so right. <laughs> Lucky for you, it's not too late to come over to the winning team, because the Patriots are going to take back our country. So ditch the commies and start listening to the Freedom Warriors podcast, Right on Red. Is it R-E-D? R-E-A-D. Oh, okay. So it's just the same as ours, but they're right wing. Yeah, so it's right on red. I wish we thought of that, because honestly, (laughs) I feel like these guys have big dick energy. Massive dick energy. Oh, Fuck. We did we do wrong? Yeah, dude, we fucked up, man. I think that <laughs> I, I think I think I think the host names are Ken and Ethan too, so Oh my god, so that okay. <laughs> so do you do you, so there is another show. There's a, this is so this real advertisement aside, there's yeah. another real show uh, out there. And I guess we should probably at this point we should probably give them a shout out. I don't know if they still produce episodes, but Yeah, let me check. Um, there is a show called Better Left Unread, and when Evan and I first came up with the idea... I mean, dude, they started right before us. They so. started right before we did, so the timing was close enough that I felt fine with us continuing to use our name. Um, and so, if I'm not mistaken, it's a literary podcast where they, they're trying to read, like, every Pulitzer Prize, Pulitzer Prize uh, winning fiction novel. Um, and... I, I don't think they put episodes out very often, and we certainly yeah, they don't. they only have seven episodes. The last one came out in February. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, they probably don't read books that fast. But so anyway, we don't compete with them for for li- listenership or anything. Um, so yeah. I felt I felt fine keeping our name. But um, their names, no joke. So there, there's a show called. So we're left unread with Cam and Evan. Yeah. And I, I shit you not, better left unread is hosted by Ken and Ethan. Yeah. And I think that's the funniest fucking thing. Dude, when, when I, after we decided on the name, because we decided on the, they started releasing episodes, when was it? It was um, fucking October 2020, which is about the time that we recorded our first episode. Yeah, our first episode and we had, was, was yeah, October. We, yeah, and we had decided on Left on Red, I think before we recorded. Yeah. So it was like, so we decided on the name, we recorded an episode, and it was right at that time that I looked it up, and I was like, you gotta be motherfucking kidding me. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. This, I mean, like, Better Left Unread with Ken and Ethan, it's just like the bizarro podcast. Yeah, it really is, and it's nothing like our show. Um, I honestly, I haven't listened to even one second of it, and I feel kind yeah, of bad for that, but um, it's out there, and rather than compete for real estate, uh, I want to just go ahead and say... You should go check it out. Let me know if it's good, because um, yeah. I feel bad that we haven't supported them. But yeah, we are Cam and Evan from Left Unread, sending out into the, the universe a shout-out to Ken and Ethan of Better Left Unread. And yeah. may your journey through all the Pulitzer Prize-winning books go well. I wonder if they listen to our show. Maybe. Uh, they must maybe be aware of it. it. They must be aware of it. Yeah, are, are like are we just like both like you and me and then the two of them? They just like man, I can't fucking believe that shit. Yeah, like they're doing the same thing. Maybe they thought we were parodying them. I doubt that. We should we should endeavor to only read like every Nebula Prize winning <laughs> sci-fi novel. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. Anyway, so listen to to Better Left Unread. Don't listen to Right Unread. Um. Also yeah. with Ken and Ethan because. Those guys are pricks. Yeah, those guys suck. Those guys are real dingbat doorknobs. Um, Okay, cool. So uh, welcome again. So this isn't the weekly wolf hour, um, but we are going to be doing an hour today about wolves. Yeah, we are going to be howling at the moon. So yeah, absolutely, brother. Um, my hackles are up, and I, there's blood in the air. Um, so specifically, the purpose of today's episode is going to be an overview of the history of wolves on the North American continent, uh, particularly um, ending up sort of in the United States. Um, and this is going to be broad strokes because obviously this is like a huge swath of natural history, but. Um, the inspiration for the show today comes from me having read uh, my least favorite news story of recent days, especially considering it's something that, like, due to how how many just sensational, terrible things are happening in politics lately, this is not the sort of thing that's getting, like, a huge amount of press coverage. Um, but earlier this, this month, this very month, the governor of Idaho, who's a, a man named Brad Little, who looks like an uncircumcised penis, signed a bill into law which aims to reduce the state's fledgling wolf population by as much as 90%. So right now it's estimated that there are approximately 1,500 healthy wolves in the state of Idaho, uh, and they want to bring that down to about 150, which is the minimum legally allowed wolf population in the state. Um, we probably just lost the uncut community with that, uh, <laughs> with that statement. I didn't say it was bad looking. True. 
you know, he's very proud. But we are about to insinuate that he sucks. He's very proud. I mean, could he do with a little trim? Yeah. <laughs> but I just, I feel like it's like my mom used to say to me when I had long hair. She'd say, like, cut, cut that hair. You're hiding your beautiful face. Yeah. And so we'll say that to the uncut community. There's yeah. a, a beautiful, well-shaped head under there that's just begging to be seen. Anyway. Um, <laughs> genital mutilation aside. So yeah. um, that we'll do, we'll do that on a later episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a passion project for us. The, the history of circumcision. Yeah, absolutely. That'll be our most controversial episode, dude. <laughs> uh, circumcision circumspection with Cam and Evan. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So uh, I'm gonna di- we'll dive into like the the Idaho thing and Brad Little later on in the show um, because I I want to do. This just inspired me to sort of take us, we haven't really done like a natural history episode yet. So I want to just talk about the history of the wolf in the North American continent. Um, And I'm not like one of these people that's like specifically all about wolves or anything. I don't have like black light felt uh, posters of them in my room. (laughs) Okay, I I did many years ago as a joke buy a a blanket, which I still have, it's right there. Oh, I know that Um, blanket. Yeah, yeah, of the wolves. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, yeah and I, I, I actually have a pretty it's sweet... It's honestly a fucking comfy as shit blanket, yeah, too. those blankets <laughs> always are the ones that are, like, embroidered yeah. with, like, a like a skeleton Native American. So I have a, a shirt from Walmart that has, like, yeah. a wolf, a ghost wolf, an albino wolf, <laughs> and a skeleton Indian chief or Native American chief. The gang's all here, dude. Yeah, it's a busy shirt, oh, and I, I like and it a lot. A, yeah, and I have that clock. You know the clock? It mm. used to be at our old apartment when I, we lived together. I absolutely so, do. So for the for the story, I have a clock, which you know this is the type of clock that only a white man has ever owned. Mm-hmm, and absolutely. It's in the shape of an arrowhead, and it's got wolves on it. It's got a Native American. And I saw this once while walking to, like, a, a local fair. Um, and I was walking in with, uh, with the girl I was dating at the time, and I saw that, and I just said out loud, I was like, holy shit, look at that clock. And we laughed at it, and we started walking away, and the person just yells, it's only $10. And in my head, I thought to myself, I was like, that's right in the fuck it zone. I'll grab it one yeah. after we leave this little yeah. fair thing. And I was like, all right, cool. And we we want take like five more steps. And they go, did I say ten? I mean five. And I was like, well, fuck it. I'm getting it now. I'm buying that clock <laughs> immediately. <laughs> they're, they're just giving this shit away. Yeah. So I got to grab this and walk around the fair with it the rest of the day. But to think, dude, you could have had that clock for 350 yeah, I could have talked them down. Yeah, if I took two more <laughs> steps, that shit, they would have been paying me for At it. At that point, you would have been you would have been pulling food right out of his mouth, you know? Yeah. You, Evan's nothing if not a generous giver. Um, yeah. That clock is, is hysterical. and I love it. You're absolutely right. It's the sort of clock that uh, a guy wears who says things like, you know, my great-great-great-grandmother was an Indian princess. Like, that's the sort of thing that that like is. Like Elizabeth Warren would own it. Yeah, Elizabeth Warren... <laughs> Well, okay, that would be just her expressing her culture. Because yeah. um, what is she... Uh, like in... she did that one time with the DNA test. Yeah. It was just yeah. her expressing her culture. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I love that fucking clock. Still it's have great. it. Still, yeah. it's, it hangs up it, hidden in a room now. Do you but... keep it... Does it have batteries in it? Does it still tell oh, yeah, the time? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it still works. Perfect. Love yeah. it. They don't make those Actually, in Switzerland, folks. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. That is all American. 100% Americana. Yeah. Um, all right. So, 
since we have like an end, we, we know where we're going to end up. We're going to end up in Idaho in, in May of 2021. But I want us to step back into our prehistoric time machine, um, okay, which uh, makes a very specific sound when you start it up, which my co-host will demonstrate for you as we head back in time to the late Pleistocene. What, what sound am I supposed to make here? You know, the sound of our time machine. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's it. <laughs> all right, cool. Hey, we're yeah. here. Please stand clear of the doors, yeah. <laughs> Keep all arms and legs inside the time machine at all times. Um, okay, so we're, we're back in time now. Welcome. Um, so we're going to talk about what's a what's a wolf? What exactly is a wolf? Hey, what's a wolf? Hey, Bob, hey, hey, Evan, you tell me something. What's a wolf? Dad, dad, am I a wolf? Um, all right. So the I modern the jackal. <laughs> um, so the modern wolf, what, what is also known as the gray wolf. Um, is the largest of the existing uh, canids or canidae. Uh, they're a group of carnivorous mammals that also include coyotes, jackals, doles, foxes, African wild dogs, and of course, every lovely, wonderful, good boy breed of dog that you can possibly imagine. And they all are good boys. They all are, even the girls. So from the chihuahuas <laughs> yeah. all the way up to the Irish wolfhounds, uh, yeah. they are all... The noble Tibetan mastiff and, and the... the and, um, <laughs> And the uh, the introspective without a doubt, the corgi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, corgis are my favorite. Yeah. My favorite dog for sure. Yeah, they're, they're so yeah, absolutely. I, I've never had one, so maybe they're real fuckers. But in my mind, they're they're. Great. I I, ha I had a friend I used to work with, and she had a uh, she had a corgi, and he would do this very strange thing when he sat down. We would call it the kickstand, where one of his two legs he would just kick out to the side like this and just hold it there. <laughs> Yeah, it would just be there the whole time. Oh, that's funny. Like a, like a kickstand. It yeah. was so funny. Oh, so that's why you called it the kickstand. Yeah, that, unbelievably. Oh. It was because of the leg that yeah. was on, you know. <laughs> Remember when I said it was like a kickstand? I gotcha. So it was the leg. Man, that's that's funny. That's twice as funny as I thought. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, so... Um, while the exact the exact date is a subject for debate, uh, it's thought that wolves, like what we would call a wolf, you'd see it, you'd say that's a wolf, uh, came around approximately a million years ago, um, which is a big period of time. And I know that's difficult yeah. to conceptualize, but this is taking us as far back as we've ever been on the Left on Red podcast. Um, and so over wow, millennia, yeah, that's true. Oh, that's yeah, true. This this is far and away if, the if oldest. If we take one more step, it'll be the farthest we've ever been from the timeline. <laughs> Um, oh my god so here we are it's a, it's a million years ago folks um, but so over millennia these animals they developed uh, like a highly stratified and specialized social structure um, which allows them to become the dominant pack hunting hyper carnivores that we think of as wolves um, a hyper carnivore meaning uh, an animal that pretty much exclusively eats meat um, and so this like takes Jordan place. Jordan Peterson and his daughter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that the they Petersons. would probably love that characterization. Jordan Peterson would love oh, to yeah, be I called did. a hyper carnivore. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. We should maybe put Jordan Peterson in in the 
line notes. I'm sure he searches himself all the time. He probably does. Hear that. From the hospital bed in Russia where he's like still recovering. Uh, scurvy, from, yeah. yeah. Scurvy and COVID. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's dying becoming the fucking he's dropsy. Just like, yeah, dude, he's just like an undead thrall of his daughter, Mikhaila. <laughs> Jordan Peterson rocks. If it wasn't for him, I never would have made my bed or driven a car into a crowd full of women to protest never having been laid. Gotta love him for all of the... Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Jordan. Um, so Kane is generally... Uh, so I'm sorry. So wolves uh, reach what we would now consider like a true wolf um, by the time of the late Pleistocene, which is like roughly 129 to 11.7 thousand years ago. Um, so canids generally and wolves specifically, while they are like, you know, fearsome predators, um, they're not like, they're hardly the physical equal to other sort of famous um, prehistoric carnivores so I, I made note of like smilodons which are saber tooth ca cats and cave bears which are both like way more impressive individual yeah. physical specimens than, than cave bears are fucking nuts yeah and I mean we're talking Enormous. at this point about dire wolves which are not just a game of thrones creation they are real prehistoric wolves that are much bigger than modern wolves um, modern wolves for perspective are generally anywhere from like 76 to 130 pounds um, which is you know like a like, like a, a medium chubber. large to a large dog, <laughs> um, so they are not like super gigantic. Now they were maybe thirty or forty pounds heavier then. Um, so big big wolves, but um, scary motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> the reason that wolves are so successful is because they had this sort of rigid social strata, um, and they would hunt in packs, which have this rigid social hierarchy within them. Everybody's heard about the alpha and the omega and whatever, um, and it's not quite as it's a little more malleable than it's portrayed in certain media um yeah, can wasn't be, that wasn't that study like largely discredited yeah th so it's not as simple as really calling like there isn't really like a true alpha or an omega like except we think for the boys on this podcast right no 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 absolutely i mean that goes without saying evan and i are true alphas but when it comes yeah. to wolves 150 plus iq super genius alphas dude. yeah absolutely my brain is smoother than a, a freshly a freshly <laughs> paved tarmac um, yeah. All so, new information just like, boom, slides right over it, man. Absolutely, like a child on a brand new set of skates. So the reason that they're so successful is because they have this, this social hierarchy, which is not quite as simple as, as a lot of uh, previous science suggested, but they do follow uh, a constantly sort of shifting social hierarchy, which allows them to work together, um, have really complex relationships with one another, um, and coordinate hunting and strategize with one another. And this has led to them being as successful as they are. It is also the, the main common element that has made them so willing to partner up with their lifelong ride-or-die homies, humanity. Um, so wolves and humans have a, a particularly ancient relationship, possibly the oldest relationship between mankind and any other species on the planet. Um, it extends back thousands and thousands of years. Uh, and as a result of this, wolves feature really prominently in the mythology cycles of most global cultures where wolves were present. Um, so I think that's pretty much everywhere except Australia and Antarctica. Um, 
so in ancient China, for example, wolves are viewed as the sort of loyal guardians of heaven who are associated with the star Sirius. Uh, the Romans obviously talk a lot about wolves in their foundation myth uh, with Romulus and Remus, the two founding twins of Rome, having been suckled by a she-wolf. Um, Native Americans, First Nations people, um, but generally speaking, like hunter-gatherer cultures that came into contact with wolves throughout the world tend to view wolves... Uh, as sort of venerable creatures known for their intelligence, their prowess, their mastery of the natural world. Um, and that's contrasted heavily with pastoral narratives such as like the Abrahamic uh, biblical tradition where wolves are, are kind of depicted as adversaries, um, enemies, something lurking in the shadows waiting to, to take your shit or kill your kid or whatever. And the reason I mention that is because, unfortunately, for wolves, particularly in the Western world, uh, it's this biblical, Abrahamic-style, pastoral society narrative um, of wolves being represented as these sort of evil, fearful, uh, bloodthirsty creatures that has remained pretty much prevalent in Western society, specifically until basically today. Um, Beyond our relationship with wild wolves, humanity also shares a more intimate connection with these species uh, through their domestication as dogs. And this is sort of an aside, but I find this really interesting. So the origin of dogs, um, which you could actually consider just like a subspecies of wolf, which is crazy. Um, they are so genetically close that they're all technically, like I think... Uh, yeah, the, the, you, they can have... Um... Oh, totally. Most of the like canids can. that are not sterile. Yeah, most yeah. most of the canids can. So, like a coyote and a wolf can, um, a coyote and a jackal can. Not only can coyote and wolves can, they often do. Well, yes, and so <laughs> we'll talk here, about that's that. Why the coyotes are fucking enormous up here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we'll talk about that a little later. But um, the timber wolf is generally considered to be like a like a a multi generational hybrid of of wolves and coyotes. Um, but so dogs, which could technically technically just be considered a subspecies of wolf, um, I always sort of thought that, like, wolves wandered into camps and then over time became dogs. And that's only sort of, like, partly true. Um, so it's actually, like, a little more interesting than that. So wolves and dogs um, diverged about twenty to 40,000 years ago. Um, when the ancestor of modern dogs separated from the ancestor of modern wolves uh, in the Pleistocene era. So these were not modern gray wolves. These were, you know, those sort of dire wolf, prehistoric wolves. Um, and then approximately 15 to 20,000 years ago, so sort of at the tail end of that time frame, these ancestors became uh, began cohabitating with humans, uh, sharing the warmth of our campfires, guarding them while they slept, joining them in the hunt. And over time, they formed this sort of unique bond. Um, dogs are, are very likely the, full, the first fully domesticated animals, and they're one of the few, if not the only animal, who have sort of approached their own domestication willingly and as partners. Um, it's the prevailing theory that we didn't really have to force dogs to, to, to be our friends. We both sort of recognized the mutual uh, benefit and inhabited sort of similar enough social structures that early yeah. on in their development and in our development, we decided it would be mutually beneficial to help one another. Um, obviously, over time, humanity has sort of taken the dominant role there, but um, yeah. it's kind of comforting to know that there, there's at least one animal out there that we didn't have to like completely <laughs> forcibly bend to our will. Yeah, they, um, they made at Isaac uh, across the bar at us as did. we did to them. <laughs> they did. Yeah, it was it was it was a match made in heaven, man. Yeah, they're like, yo, so that um, 
fire's looking pretty good, huh? Yeah. Hey, man, what do you say? You give me uh, a couple of those bones there, and I'll, uh, somebody tries to come in and, and kill you, I'll bark. Yeah, y- yeah, y'all can just sleep right there, you know, we'll hang out, Yeah. tend the fire. About I the- mean, I'll cuddle with you, too, but no, no, that's, <laughs> that's okay. We'll get there. Give it a few, yeah. a few thousand years. Um, <laughs> so this has, this has all led to dogs having like a, a really fascinatingly impressive, uh, attunement to human behavior. Um, things like, uh, prolonged eye contact, like your dog learned that over time. Wolves don't like to be looked in the eye. If you look yeah. a wolf in the eye long enough, it's going to freak the fuck out and either run away or try to kill you. But your dog has learned that you as a human like to be looked in the eye. And so they, they overcome their natural predisposition towards avoiding that. And they, they create prolonged eye contact to form a bond with you. Um, a similar <laughs> thing that I think is really interesting, dogs, or wolves rather, don't have, have you ever, have you ever looked at your dog and noticed him like moving his eyebrows, like arching his eyebrows and making like a little face at you with his eyebrows? Yeah. yeah. Wolves can't do that. Dogs only developed that ability over time in response to us having expressive eyebrows. So your dog has learned to arch its eyebrows to look innocent, make its eyes look wide, specifically because a person's going to look at it and go, oh, good boy. And yeah. they like that. I mean, also, if you've ever had, you know, a German Shepherd, they'll do the, the head tilt thing, too, when they do, literally yeah. do the... <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, yeah. They, they, they are very, very expressive. And it's, it's just so, it's just really fascinating. So I, I incorporated that. Um, but so... The, the way that this came about, um, over time, gene flow back and forth between dogs and wolves, so interbreeding, um, has actually made the genetic link between modern wolves and modern dogs closer than it would have been otherwise if they had just diverged when they did 20,000 years ago. Um, so it's not just a simple matter of like, we split dogs off from the line of the wolf and it became a subspecies. Yeah. They have actually over time made their connection closer because you know on the fringes of society, you know, if you're you got a dog and it's outside and there's wolves around there, like they might have babies, and um, yeah. so the 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 dog wolf connection is actually closer than it would naturally have been. Um, but so all this to say is that our relationship to wolves is super super ancient, super complex, heavily influenced by old cultural narratives, old behaviors. Um, and humanity is, is sort of tied to the wolf in a really specific and really unique way that's filled with respect, admiration, um, worship. Um, and so I think it's safe to say that, that historically the wolf in a lot of ways has been held in higher esteem in humanity's eyes than basically any other creature on earth. Um, but I don't want to give you the indication that that means that we like and respect wolves as a species. Just because we like and respect them more than, than a lot of other animals, um, it hasn't stopped us from being terrible to them. So um, our podcast usually focuses on people being awful to other people. And now mm-hmm. we thought that a change of pace would be nice. So we're going to talk about people being terrible to animals. Uh, um, so, uh, the first wolves that made their way to North America, which as I said, is sort of where we're going to be working our way towards today. Um, the first like recognizable wolves, uh, there's fossil evidence that they were in North America as far back as 500,000 years ago. And for a long time, scientists just sort of assumed that these early wolves came to America 500,000 years ago and over time sort of convergently developed into modern gray wolves at the same time that that was happening in Europe. 
Um, because, you know, if you look up gray wolves, you'll see that gray wolves have a, an incredibly large global range from uh, East Asia all the way to uh, North and South America. And it was just long thought that they came here as proto-wolves evolved very early and have just sort of been here in their modern state ever since. Um, but modern science is actually um, starting to disprove that. So those early wolves arrived here approximately 500,000 years ago, and these were these large Pleistocene dire wolves. They're also sometimes just called Pleistocene wolves. Um, and they would have predominantly fed on North American megafauna. So, mm -hmm. you know, mammoths and ground sloths and all kinds of big animals that just don't exist anymore. Some big bitches, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and there would have been, you know, periods of glaciation and global warming and global cooling. And during one period of um, heavy glaciation, when so much of the Earth's water was, was trapped up in the ice caps, there was actually a land bridge from Russia to North America. And towards the tail end of this period, around 70 to 24,000 years ago, a second influx of new, what we would consider modern gray wolves, which had been developing in Asia, sort of en masse migrated across this land bridge to the Americas. And so for a short period of time, they were here coexisting with these larger prehistoric wolves. Um, however, they were actually very different. So they, like I said, they coexisted for a period of time, but they weren't really competitors. Um, so we talk a lot about like Homo sapiens and, and Homo neanderthalensis existing at the mm -hmm. same time. Um, this is sort of analogous to that. The difference being there's not really a lot of evidence to suggest that these new sort of smarter, sleeker gray wolves uh, intentionally outcompeted these, these larger wolves. They didn't fight or hunt each other or anything. So basically it all came down to climate change. So as the world is changing, as I've said, these, these smaller, more modern wolves have developed in Europe um, and sort of when the food there becomes scarce enough, they sort of migrate en masse across the land bridge following the elk and the other prey that are slowly starting to migrate from Europe into the Americas. Um, and what's happening simultaneously to this in the Americas is that the megafauna are dying out. So the primary food source of these larger Pleistocene dire wolves that have been living in America for you know 400,000 years at this point, their prey items are getting scarcer and scarcer. Um, meanwhile, these new smaller wolves can subsist on way less food. They can hunt smaller animals like rodents, like weasels, um, whatever. I don't know why weasels is the only example I can think of, but they would eat a weasel. Um, but they could also hunt like deer, so like medium to small prey items. They could mm -hmm. run much further for much longer with much fewer calories. Um, they basically just didn't have, they were like the new hybrid that could just go for much longer with much less. And over time, these larger wolves died out and these smaller, newer wolves sort of filled that niche. And these are the wolves that also spread in the other direction to the rest of Europe um, yep. and became the modern wolf population that we now know. So there's a reason that there's essentially only one true species of wolf worldwide with many subspecies, and that is the gray wolf. Um, mm -hmm. And so they've developed to sort of be slightly different in different regions. So like if you look at an Arctic wolf versus a wolf in the Indian subcontinent, you know, one's going to look a lot smaller, a lot less hairy, things like that. But they're all they're all the same species. Um, 
And so, I mean, another important thing is that these other big wolves were a lot less mm. social than the gray wolf. So they just weren't able to keep up with, like, the pack hunting that these new wolves were able to do. Um, yeah. You end up with a situation where even though the gray wolf is physically, like, relatively small, a bunch of them together can still take down a buffalo. They okay. can still take down an elk. Um, yeah, because, dude, it's crazy if you, like, watch the videos of yeah. them pack hunt. And the way that, you know, they, like, do all these formations and shit. Absolutely. And they'll, they'll run and run and run and run and run and just wait till whatever they're chasing gets tired. You yeah. know, they'll, they'll chase, what, they'll chase an animal what for we days. Do. Yeah, exactly. And we'll get to that. <laughs> but so we see eye to eye on that front. Um, yeah. So it's, it's actually funny. So these wolves actually came to America before humans did. So when they first got here, uh, there were probably no people in North America. But shortly thereafter, uh, humans, bears, elk, a lot of the other sort of second wave um, fauna that would replace the native North American megafauna um, start to come in. And the modern North American biome that we are sort of used to now starts to take shape. Yep. So humans come. Um, and they would have actually come to North America for essentially the same reasons that the wolves did, which was there's this uh, population bottleneck in the old world, and the prey items are leaving because there aren't enough resources for them. So you just follow the prey, and the prey mm -hmm. is making its way across this land bridge into North America. And so that's where you go. Slowly over generations, you know, your family unit moves further and further to the east, and next thing you know, you're in this big, great new continent. And they wouldn't yeah. have seen it as some crazy voyage they're just slowly over time making their way here yeah and imagine just like as as like early humans running across uh, over to this continent and then like the prehistoric bears that were here just start hunting you down yeah like the fucking cave bears and shit yeah just, like dwarf even like kodiak bears absolutely yeah there would have been cave bears there probably would have yeah. still been some dire wolves there would have been yeah. saber-toothed cats um, all of these things would still sort of be around. They're on the way out. Yeah. But, you know, when I talk about things arriving and things dying off, this all happened over thousands of years. So um, there was this crazy period where there was this influx and this clash of old and new um, species that had been here for a long time and species that were just arriving, sort of learning to, to coexist. Um, but so over the next, like, 30,000 years, Humanity, wolves, a lot of these species sort of slowly make their way from north to south, from what we would now think of as Alaska all the way down to Argentina. Um, and by that time, both humans and wolves are pretty much proliferated throughout the Americas. Um, now, obviously, as Evan said, humans and wolves are both pack hunters. They're both endurance hunters. Um, we both hunt with our with our brains more than anything else. So there's like a degree of competition, but there's also this sort of idea of like mutual respect. You know what I mean? Um, as I said, dogs started to sort of become a, a, a partnership with humans around this time. Um, I don't think that there's like a definite understanding of where that happened first, but. Um, it's likely that native humans and wolves in North America had that same sort of process happen where they sort yeah. of moved into one another's homes. Um, but the important thing to note is that these hunter-gatherer peoples had a much more sort of reverent approach to the wolf. There was no desire to eradicate wolves or like hunt them to extinction or um, there wasn't the same type of enmity with wolves that we're going to start to see in a little bit. Um, and generally, most most cultures that have existed and lived 
along similar lines to the way that wolves do, um, would kind of revere the wolf as this sort of powerful natural predator, just because wolves sort of embody the things that we want in ourselves as you know hunters and survivors and things like that. Um, so I mean, I don't want to generalize. Like, there's obviously thousands of different sort of Native American um, and First Nations cultural traditions. And so I'm not going to say that like everyone worshipped wolves or anything like that. Um, but just generally, it's safe to say that there's a less antagonistic approach to the wolf than you'll see mm-hmm. when Europeans decide to come over. Yeah. Um, so as I stated before, once people start to settle and become quote unquote civilized, Uh, their relationship to you and their view of the natural world tends to shift pretty dramatically. So where before, as I said, hunter-gatherers would see wolves maybe as like potential competitors but sort of worthy of respect, uh, pastoral societies are way more likely to view them as an outright enemy. Um, So like if your entire living depends on livestock and you're completely fine, I'm sorry, you're constantly finding that your livestock are being killed and eaten by wolves, you're mm-hmm. way less likely to view those wolves with any kind of respect or admiration, and you're way more likely to sort of see them as like a a, um, a natural disaster or something that that is to be avoided and 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 killed or whatever. Yeah, and dealt um, with. Uh, luckily for the wolf, for much of human history, we didn't really have the capacity to do too much about this. Um, you know, you might wave a stick at them or chase them away with fire, but you're not going to go out into the woods and search out the wolves and try to kill them all because at that point, you know, the wolves are as likely to kill you as you are to kill them. Um, And so you start to have, like, these sort of rippling cultural narratives of wolves being these fearful creatures that live on the fringes of society. Um, So I put in my notes, like, Little Red Riding Hood, um, the old legends of the Lou which is sort of like a proto-wolf man, um, yeah. The idea of like a wolf in sheep's clothing, which is sort of like a biblical um, illusion. And these all come from these, these pastoral societies where you're dependent on avoiding the wolf at all costs. The wolf represents the, the wild unknown at the fringes of society. Um, and this ends up putting like a, 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 a real spin on the way that these people interact with wolves. Um, these are people who probably would have liked to eradicate all wolves, but luckily yeah. for the wolves, they couldn't do it. Um, yeah. What did I write? I wrote, the will is there, but the flesh is weak. Spongy um, and weak. <laughs> uh, but so this is slowly going to change over time as humans invent better weaponry. Um, dogs become more domesticated, so use of dogs in hunting wolves is very common. Um, we start domesticating horses, so suddenly people are very fast. Um, and then eventually, you know, we have, like, better bows and arrows, and then firearms, so ranged weapons. So um, as humans are developing, the advantage or the even footing between a pack of wolves and a pack of people starts to look a lot smaller. So what started as, you know, our settlements just sort of growing and and wolves being pushed to the fringes, you know, but still thriving, uh, now starts to look like agrarian societies sort of actively persecuting and um, slaughtering wolves whenever they get the chance. And I also made note of the fact that it's kind of interesting. Um, The kind of contempt that this era of sort of European people um, saw for wolves could sort of be compared to the contempt you're going to see when Europeans finally make their way to the New World. So by the late 16th century, we've moved 
way far ahead into the future. There are now permanent European settlements in the North American mainland, um, French, Spanish, Dutch, English colonies. And these are uh, agrarian and generally super religious Europeans who have none of the- And should be considered a mistake. What'd you say? <laughs> Largely should be considered a mistake. Oh yeah, no, no it's there's nothing good that came of this, um, but we're not going to focus on the million bad things. We're just going to focus on one, which is one bad thing. One bad thing. <laughs> Um, so these people would not have any of the reverence for wolves that the, the native people here would have had. And I wrote that they probably would have viewed wolves and Native Americans in roughly the same light, which is like savage beasts from outside the civilized world that need to be defended against and rejected and uh, killed at every opportunity. Um, they're vestiges of, of the unknown. Um, so these European settlers would have been mostly like super devout Christians. Um, so for them, any sort of unmastered or untamed nature sort of goes directly against the will of God when he made humans masters over all of nature, um, which is a truly smooth-brained approach. To yeah, fucking losers. Yeah, wicked stupid. Yeah. Um, so uh, These guys are wicked fucking stupid. Pretty soon after the development of human colonization here, you start to see wolf bounties, which are a thing that never really goes away after this point. And I wanted to give big ups to our beautiful home state of Massachusetts for the first official wolf bounty in North America, uh, which was put out in 1630. So, What's up, dude? European society has like a long history of wolf bounties. Basically, like the king or the magistrate or whoever the fuck will put out a, a notice that says, like, there's too many wolves and, and, and we don't like them. So... You can have corn or fucking land or money or whatever. Every wolf pelt that you bring us. Um, so in societies where this comes in, for every sheep that's taken by wolves, hundreds of wolves get slaughtered in, in quote-unquote retribution, um, which is like a uniquely human approach to the food chain. You know, where you just look at, like, wolves out there just being wolves, and you're like, I must have my revenge. Like, yeah. the wolf doesn't even fucking know who you are, look man. At him. Like, look at that wolf yeah, sitting dude. out there in the woods. He's looking at me and judging me. <laughs> Viewing my sheep with those wanting eyes. Those covetous eyes. Yeah. Yellow eyes. So for roughly, like, 400 years from 1630 till now, um, it's essentially just been open season on wolves because this policy, as I said, never really goes away. So yeah. as the livestock industry here grows more and more industrialized, the threat, quote unquote, posed by uh, these these bloodthirsty predators <laughs> seems more and more dire because there's more rich guys' money at stake. Um, every, every dead sheep represents a bigger return on investment lost. Um, yeah. So large companies begin petitioning the government for stricter and more robust anti-wolf legislation, which I think is really fucking funny, but it's true. Like, yeah. we're throwing the legal the book anti -wolf at the anti-wolf lobby, dude. Oh, it's huge. There is, <laughs> to this day, there is a huge anti-wolf lobby in this country. Um, and I think it's really funny. So even Teddy Roosevelt, who gets a lot of sort of uh, praise for being the father of American conservationism, reportedly called, called the wolf, quote, the beast of waste and desolation and like, gave full-throated support to the notion of completely uh, eradicating wolves from the American continent. Um, and I wanted to divert here to mention uh, a glorious wolf freedom fighter that I came across in my travels, um, the Custer oh, Wolf. Yeah. 
to the Custer Wolf was a single gray wolf reportedly responsible for approximately $25,000 or roughly $300,000 of modern money um, worth of damages to ranchers in the nine years between 1911 and 1920. Um, finally, a professional wolf hunter uh, or wolfer named H.P. Williams um, was hired to, to, to kill the Custer Wolf. Um, it was so named because it hunted in the area around Custer, North Dakota, which is named after George Armstrong Custer, who's, if you've heard of, of Colonel Custer, he was the piece of shit yeah. who got fucking murked by a bunch of Plains Indians and one of the dumbest. Like, Custer's Last Stand has become this, like, American cultural icon, but really it's just a story of, like, poking the hornet's nest and then getting stung to death by hornets. Like, yeah. it, he was just an asshole who treated Indians really poorly, and finally they were like, no, fuck this guy. And they all got mm -hmm. together and killed him. And then just like we do with, with wolves, you know, we might have lost a couple sheep. The Indians paid for that really dearly. Um, just for sticking up for themselves. Just dude, the time. Comrade bit. Custer Wolf, dude. Yeah. Comrade Custer Wolf. Dude, so the Custer Wolf is way cooler than, than, than Colonel Custer. Yeah. Um, he becomes like a subject of myth and legend in the area. It, it was like a vengeful spirit created by yeah. the death of Well, so, and so it's cool. So people have all these reports of seeing this like ghost wolf or, or thinking that it was a half wolf and half mountain lion um, because Fuck it just yeah. keeps fucking Fuck killing. Yeah, and they dude. and they all think it's the same wolf because it's, it's supposedly it's snow white. Um, yeah. And so eventually it ends up getting caught uh, by H.P. Williams. And it is. It's a white wolf, um, but it's just a normal wolf. It's like a 98-pound normal kind of small wolf that i don't know just got really good at killing sheep and no one could catch it um it's estimated to have killed approximately 500 sheep uh oxen horses etc during the period that it was on the loose um and in retaliation for uh its efforts uh local hunting and uh extermination uh campaigns estimate to have killed approximately 250,000 animals. So again, I don't know the math on that exactly, but it's a lot of uh, a it's lot fucked. of animals per sheep killed. Yeah. Um but yeah, so he's probably the most famous uh, quote unquote wolf outlaw in American history. <laughs> Nothing but love for my Custer Wolf. Absolutely, dude. Custer Wolf for fucking president. Yeah, dude. <laughs> to say so by 1970s the wolf is essentially extinct in the contiguous 48 states um, and Mexico uh, Canada and Alaska have roughly 80% of the historical wolf range is still inhabited by wolves which is great but it's also kind of deceptive because in those territories the vast amount of the population is con concentrated in very specific areas in the southern mm -hmm. part of those regions um, and in those areas similar uh, campaigns against the wolf were definitely enacted. It was just not as widespread because people weren't as widespread. Yeah, um, yeah. But so basically wherever there are people in North America, the wolf has been essentially wiped out. Americans are known as, as expert wolf hunters. Um, we export 
our professional wolfers to other countries to help them deal Jesus with their Christ, their dude. their wolf problem. Um, so notably in yeah, Japan, fetish for killing these guys. Dude, no, things, it really so. is. It's it's a perverse fetish. Uh, <laughs> Americans specifically, but Europeans in general um, have a real fucking hard on for killing wolves, and it's weird. Well, well, you know, we're running out of wolves over here, man. You think that we could uh. I don't know, maybe get sent over to Brescia or something, take care of their wolves. Absolutely, and that's what happened. So um, Japan's the, the example I give because by 1905, the native Japanese wolf is completely extinct. There are no more wolves uh-huh. in Japan. Um, and that's largely thanks to Americans teaching. That's like the real last samurai. Like we didn't send like a, a magic, <laughs> we didn't send a magic white man over there to teach them how to fight wars. They were really good at that already. We just but, sent some redneck with a fucking, yeah, some like fucking, one of those stupid raccoon tail hats. Some fucking da- Jim Bowie shithead <laughs> yeah. went over there like, oh, you want to kill a wolf? I'll show you how to kill a wolf. All right, well, I'll show you how to kill them wolves. <laughs> yeah, well, now, we're going to kill yourself a wolf. A wolf. <laughs> <laughs> a wolf. Uh, we're gonna kill yourself a wolf. Um, so uh, this policy of intentional eradication, basically, as I said, goes on uninterrupted until relatively recently, um, when modern ecologists and animal rights activists start to push for preservation and reintroduction of wolves in North America. Um, Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's insane. Well, it turns so, out we killed out a few too many of them, so... Yeah, no, Oops. literally. So at this point... Um, by like the early 1970s, the only wolves in North America, like the only wolves in North America, are in the northern woods of Michigan and Minnesota. Um, every single other place in the country, they're completely gone. And so that's what Evan was saying before about coyotes. Um, the reason that the coyote population exploded in this country, I mean, we have coyotes here in the Northeast. I think a lot of people outside this region don't know that. The only yeah. reason they're here is because wolves were eradicated. And so the coyote yeah. slowly has spread across um, the United States especially, um, but North America, and, be, and sort of started to fill that niche. So they've gotten bigger, they've gotten more aggressive, they've also yeah, interbred well, yeah. with, with wolves and dogs, and so the coyotes yeah, that we have over here, so fucking big, they're big, man. they like, look like a German shepherd. Yeah, um, man, a couple of years ago I saw one, it was during the day running down the train tracks near my work, and this motherfucking thing must have been like up to my waist. <laughs> like, dude, yeah, they're huge. We got them was, a lot yeah, here. When COVID first hit, because there was so little traffic on the roads, yeah. that I saw a bunch of coyotes in my neighborhood, and they were big. Yeah, they're here looking for the turkeys, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, with the the street I grew up on, uh, it was like there was like right woods right across the street, and yeah, you could hear them all night over there. There was like a little bike path down the street. You would, if you walked down in the evening, you could see them like off in the distance. Yeah, do you remember the time in college um, when I was living? Maybe. With- with my tall roommate and uh that's a good that's a fair answer maybe um (laughs) and you and i wanted to go for like one of our famous like nighttime walks through the paths around campus which we would go on for numerous wholesome reasons um and there had been a report of like a coyote sighting on campus and so my roommate oh, yeah. was like, dude, I'm not letting you go. And I was like, all right. Uh, it's a fucking coyote, bro. Yeah, like, I'm 20, so I don't know <laughs> that you have that yeah. authority. Um, we're yeah. going. And he was like, dude, no. Coyotes are vicious. They'll kill you. I was like, I, I don't uh, think they're so. They're not going to attack a dude who's six foot fucking four, dog. Like, yeah. Or his, like, significantly smaller but, like, hey, equally, impress- equally impressive friend. Hey, pa. <laughs> Hey, your center of gravity's lower. You could put him in a mean judo lock, and I don't know. I wouldn't want to fight you. With... Sumo that fucking coyote. Yeah. 
Dude, you and I like got hammered and wrestled a bunch of times in those days, and you you always gave me a run for my money. We did it. We did it in the middle of like the baseball diamond one time. <laughs> Just like fucking wasted. Do you remember when uh, when Matt? Shout out to Matt. I know you're listening to this show right now. Uh, well, we were having a wild time. I won't go into details, but yeah. we found a bunch of those like football practice the pads you hold up to practice like shoulder tackling. Yeah. And Matt just started sh- like drilling into us and like laying us out with tackles. And we're like, dude, did you play football? And he was like, no, I would have been really good at it though. Like, and he just like, in this like rare moment of like total ego from Matt, which is not a common thing, he was like, no, I would have been really good at it though. Yeah. Um, I'll always remember that. That was really fun. Oh, dude, it's so funny. <laughs> I digress. Um, So Wolves are pushed all the way up to Michigan and Minnesota. Um, They're essentially completely eradicated. And as we said before, this is like a total perverse level of wolf torture, Um, way beyond what any reasonable person could consider pest control. Um, We just had this sort of cultural fucking hatred for wolves as as white people. I mean, I'm just going to come right out and say it. White Europeans just didn't fucking like wolves. And they came to this beautiful country, and they they just... bathed the land in the blood of of buffalo wolves all sorts of species passenger pigeons yeah i mean that was actually uh that was actually the reason columbus first came here he he heard there were some wolves fucking around yeah he was like i don't want any of that horse play any of that wolf play going on yeah, over I'm looking there. for spices Dude, i don't want I, the wolves fucking with my spices okay spices second but first trying to kill some wolves yeah um so in 1974 the endangered species act that gets signed into law by our boy dick nixon now, yeah, don't have a lot of good to say about Dick Nixon, and you can't actually give him much credit for this, except that his signature is on it. But yep. you got to give him that. He does sign it. Um, and so suddenly the gray wolf is marked as a federally protected endangered species. And this starts the framework that comes into place for reintroduction and preservation of wolf populations. Um, so naturally people start losing their fucking minds over this. Like ranchers are going fucking crazy. Bring wolves back in my state. Wolves are, there's gonna be wolves in the fields killing all my chickens. Like, the wolves and now you're gonna bring them back? This is, yeah, it's 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 completely bananas. But from the second it's announced that wolves are going to be protected, people are like, "You can't trust a wolf. Never trust a wolf." Like, yeah. it really is that level of intense cultural hatred, which is fucking nuts. They're just big, scary dogs. I mean, I don't know. But yeah. so, politicians, ranchers, basically anybody who has got a stake in um, like the livestock industry, particularly in the Western United States, they begin this like massive smear campaign against wolf protection and wolf re- reintroduction. Um, they start talking about the ESA being like a deliberate weaponized attempt to like crush Western uh, livestock <laughs> industry, um, and they start just doing everything they can to kind of present a roadblock for this. But um, I'm just, wait, I'm just like I'm just imagining like some of you know those old like racist uh, um, Dr. Seuss cartoons. I'm just imagining those, except like it's just like racist against like wolves. Dude, I mean, <laughs> it, it, think about it. The the most awful, uh, hateful representation of the wolf is right in Looney Tunes, where he's always got yeah. his eyes popping out of his head, and he's like a and he's got to yeah. roll his tongue back up into his mouth when he sees a pretty lady. It's just yeah. it's just completely not true because. Wolves are actually monogamous. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. So this portrayal of the wolf as like a sex-starved maniac who just wants to... He ain't no sex nerd. The wolf ain't no sex nerd. He's not one of these... Nah, man. He's not some sort of freaky sex bird. There, there ain't no weird-ass little wolf polycule no, going they, on when they, they, they travel. They mate for life. And yeah. uh, they are incredibly admirable in that respect. 
there is nothing more admirable than a long-term relationship. Also, just for the record, Left on Red is a pro-kink-shaming podcast. Yeah, no, we, we don't believe you. in anything but missionary sex between um, between consenting adult partners. We're yeah. not homophobes. Like, you can fuck whoever you want, but, like, you can't do any freaky shit. Yeah. We don't like hearing about, like, butt stuff. We don't like hearing about... No. I mean, unless it's your only option. Um, but even then, we've got kind of a problem yeah. with it. No, no, go away. No, have fun, you know. Just... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Evan and I are big proponents of fucking freaky deaky horseplay. We love getting weird. Not with each other, but like, you know, the thoughts cross my mind. There have been lonely anyway. nights. <laughs> there have been lonely nights where that rich upper lip All hair right, let's has... move past anyway. it. All right, okay. All right, cool. <laughs> All right. Man, don't sit um, on the pod, man. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Dude, don't talk embarrassing me dude my mom listens to this um i, I doubt my mom listens to this my dad does though what up i dad? hope she does hey, <laughs> hey evan's mom i know your name i'm just not saying it for your privacy yeah. um so uh environmentalists meanwhile are seeing the other side of the story and they're seeing like the potential ecological benefits of wolf reintroduction um with wolves gone the natural the natural balance of these western and central and basically every natural ecosystem in the united states is like yeah you can't you can't just like eradicate an animal no they no it has it up. incredibly far-reaching consequences especially i mean there are some animals that if it happens like Obviously, it's going to impact the environment, but there are levels, right? And if you take yeah, away, if it's like... it's gradual, but if you're just like, nah, y'all are fucking dead now. Right. Wolves are a keystone species. Wolves are mm -hmm. the absolute dominant apex predator in much of their range. And so when wolves are removed, everything suffers. So you see all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, obviously, the elk population explodes, um, yep. which uh, good for the elk. But the problem with that is they start decimating plant life because there's just way too many of them and they're eating too much. As I said, the coyote population explodes. Explode. Yeah. Um, Bears suffer because one of, uh, you know, people think of bears as these big mean creatures, but bears are scavengers for a lot of the year. So in lean, in lean seasons, bears really depend on like scavenging wolf kills and mountain lion kills and things like that. Um, or, or letting wolves kill something and then just scaring them away and stealing it from them. Um, yeah. Bears are real motherfuckers. And so... They're big, they're big fuzzy good boys, you know? Yeah. Like, I, mean, I, I kind of want to like... Do a little scritch behind the ears to a bear. Dude, I, I would love to see me, you try to fucking pet a bear. I know I know it would kill me, but... I would pay know, money just not like even to see it. It's head scritch. It's I would pay money just scritch. to hear the unfiltered scream that was ushered forth from your body when a bear took, like, a, a lunge at you. Yeah. And I'm not making fun of you for screaming at that, because any sane I mean, person I would. would. Are you kidding me, Yeah, dude? I'd shit my pants. But, like, it would be a sound that I know I've never heard you make before, and it would be yeah. worth it to hear it. It might be kind of similar to the time that uh, when I was younger, I used to open up at a Dunkin' Donuts. And one time it was a very nice, very nice morning out. Um, and I'm not really, but it was like kind of sunny. I was standing there outside the freezer and then three birds flew directly into my face. <laughs> like, and I just like the sound that I made, like as I just got hit in the face with birds that then just like also freaked out and like jumped away from me. And I jumped away from them. It might be similar to that. Yeah. Or maybe, is that sound similar to the sound that you made uh, for our time machine? No. <laughs> I don't even remember what no, it was. No, no, it was just it was like good. a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believe uh, I said something along the lines of, Oh, what the fuck? 
And uh, Evan's been an enemy of bird kind ever since. No, no, no. I'm a friend to the bird. No. No, you're not. That's yeah. not what they told me. I'm just are saying, you should hear what they say about you. Are they are they saying things again? Yeah. Okay, anyway. We'll talk about that after the show. Um, so, I, I'm not an ecologist. I'm not going to go into everything. But suffice it to say, the natural order of things is fucked. You've taken, like, one of the absolute most important species in the ecosystem out of the ecosystem. And things are just going haywire. So, in 1987, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service's Northern Rocky Mountain Wolf Recovery Plan, which is a huge mouthful. Yeah, that's uh, very easy to, to remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Uh, remember the 1987 U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service Northern Rocky Mountain Wolf Recovery Plan. Uh, it gains federal funding, and 31 wild Canadian gray wolves are brought south and reintroduced into Glacier National Park in Montana. Um, by the early 90s, this population is successful. Just like a bunch breeding. of ranchers probably following them as they're being introduced. Oh, they're shouting pissed. and cheering at them. They had to do all of this like we don't take kindly to your kind around here i mean you joke but like they had to keep the location of these wolves like pretty tightly guarded (laughs) um because people would have tried to kill them um freaks man yeah and so they would bring them like separate little individual social groups of like five or six wolves at a time uh these were wolves that even though they'd been cat they'd been wild caught and then kept as far from like human contact the entire time as they could, so they'd be fed wild game meat. Um, yep. They weren't given; they were given as little interaction as they could be, and you know they took to the wild very well. And so by the early '90s, they're they're successfully breeding. There's babies born in Glacier, um, and then slightly yeah, more yeah. well known, the uh, Yellowstone National Park reintroduction begins in '94 or '95. Um, and Yellowstone covers parts of Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming, so this starts to touch on the story that we're coming to. Um, almost immediately, ecologists start noticing that the rebounds of the local ecosystem are kind of outstanding. Um, all those things that I talked about before that were out of whack start to sort of right themselves. Um, yep. The elk population, which obviously does had grown, it, it does drop, right? Like, So people that mm. say, like, well, it's killing the elk population, they're right. I mean... Yeah, wolves. but those people are, hate that because they want to be killing the elk yes. population. <laughs> no one gives a fuck about the elk. The elk's only purpose is to be killed. They yeah. just don't want wolves like, to be quote unquote. That's my fucking job. Yeah, God damn yeah. it. The wolves are just wasting them. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna kill them and then take macabre pictures where they hold up this poor fucking son of a bitch's limp oh, head. Oh my god! And then they just fucking chop it off, put it on their wall, and I don't even know fuck the rest. Can of Can you imagine keeping a, a head on your no. wall? No, it's no. bananas. I can't. I can't. And you know why? Because I like to get laid. <laughs> like, uh, the only head in this house is head I'm getting. Or yeah. giving. Not. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that's whatever. Fuck it. So. Um, the head stays in the bed, boy. <laughs> the only head stays in the bed, brother. Yeah. Um, that's good. I like that. So. Um, Obviously, though, even though Yellowstone is, like, starting to flourish and the animals are really appreciative of all these wonderful things that are happening, um, immediately all the anti-wolf lobbyists are, like, all over this. So it's just, there's a fucking outrage. And so in 2005, the states of Idaho and Montana have successfully uh, wrested control of wolf population management from the federal government. So this is the beginning of the end. They are now uh, taking taking that over. and then beginning in 2008, and you guys might remember this, uh, wolves begin the process of being repeatedly D and then relisted in the endangered oh, yeah. species lists in Montana, Idaho, and Wyoming. So one month they are no longer endangered, then a couple months later they are endangered. It goes back and forth. All this to say that as of 2017 up through the present day, 
in those three states, they are no longer considered endangered, even though the, there's, it's in the low thousands. There's not like a million wolves running around. And this is all like totally calculated um, to work our way towards getting rid of wolves again. Um, so now we're sort of at a point where even though the population has, has rebounded beautifully since the 90s and there are wolves in America again, um, things are starting to backslide. So just this month, as I mentioned at the start of the show, um, our, our wonderful foreskinned friend, Brad Little, governor of Idaho, who's, I mean, he's a Republican. I don't know if that means anything, but he's a piece of shit. Uh, he signed a bill into law which will allow for increasingly widespread wolf hunting in the state of Idaho. Um, the proposed goal is to reduce the wolf population from approximately 1,500 animals down to about 150, which, I'm as sorry, I that's said... That's a big motherfucking state, and there's not really much else in there. Why can't you just let the 1,500 wolves... Mm -mm. What, what else are you doing with the fucking Evan, land? what did you miss about the story? Have you even been listening? Wolves are fucking evil, dude. What else is going to be in the motherfucking They're land? They're scary. Um, I don't know. They eat sheeps, which... Uh, I don't know. They kill all the elk. I want to kill the elk. I don't. If I go elk hunting and I don't find an elk, money wasted. I'm not going to spend money to go to Idaho anymore. Yeah. Because why else would you go to fucking Idaho unless you're, you know, uh, unless you're Ernest Hemingway and you just freak. need a place to blow your fucking head off. But yeah. um, <laughs> you know who loves Idaho is Kanye West. Oh, is it okay. Idaho or is it? He loves one of those dumbass states. One of these states Kanye West loves: Montana, Wyoming. I don't fucking know. One of these big-ass empty states where they want to kill all the wolves. Napoleon Dynamite was in Idaho, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, so now with this new bill, nice. private hunters... Uh, so you've been able to hunt wolves in Idaho for years now, um, but you would have to buy a license, and the license would come with like relatively strict uh, number of wolves that each person could kill. Now, um, professional wolf hunters... You no can... government tell me how many wolves I can kill yeah. in two days. What is this, Soviet Russia, where you're going to tell me I can't kill 500 Some wolves? Some kind of communist wolf hunting regime <laughs> over here. So now these professional <laughs> wolfers are going to be able to come in. They're going to be able to fly wolfers. over. Wolfers, dude. They're going to be able to fly over. And... So <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be able to fly over. I just picture that they all look like Dog the Bounty Hunter. Yeah, yeah Every single guy absolutely. who hunts wolves for his job looks like Dog the Bounty Hunter. Um, so they're now allowed to use choppers, night vision goggles, snowmobiles, and Chopper. ATVs. Oh my God, and if you purchase a seasonal the fucking, tag, like hills of Vietnam going over here. Absolutely, dude. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Yeah. Um, so now, when you buy uh, a wolf tag for hunting for that season, there is absolutely zero numerical limit on how many wolves you can kill. If you have a wolf tag, theoretically, you are allowed to kill all fifteen hundred of those wolves. Dude, I'm just like <laughs> I'm just picturing like a fucking like helicopter going through some like. So, like, hills in Idaho, and you got, like, yeah. Dog the Bounty Hunter with this big-ass lip-packed maw just sitting there holding the gun, and he's, like, just spitting out the window Get as some. he's looking for Get some, some wolves. <laughs> yeah. I see a pack over there. Get some! Get some! Um, <laughs> just melting the fucking countryside. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, also, a new, a, a new demented 
uh, provision of this law is that newborn pups, if you find them on private property, you can kill them immediately on site. Uh, prior to this, newborn wolves could never be killed regardless of circumstance because you had to protect them. But now all bets are fucking off. You can kill Dude, puppies just, if just you want. Dude, just dog the bounty hunter gang rock fucking hard. Dude, they just signed a new law. Some newborn squi pup squealing or something like oh, that. You can kill puppies legally in Idaho now. It's fucking bananas. <laughs> Perverts, man. Um, so as we said before, I mean... One of the big reasons they're saying they're doing this is to let the elk population rebound. Um, but the only reason they want the elk population up, again, it's not to protect the elks. The elks are, like, not in danger of, of, of disappearing. They just want to make sure there's plenty of elk so that people spend money to come to Idaho to hunt them. Yeah. Um, which is yeah, a huge of course, source yeah. of income in, like, an otherwise shitty state. What's Idaho? The gem state? I don't fucking know. Well, <laughs> elks are the gem in the gem state. They are worth a I lot of money. Look it up. Um, Idaho. I think it's the gem state. Uh, Idaho. Is it going to be on Wikipedia? Just look up Idaho the gem state. Oh, what? Jesus Christ. Well, if it's not that. Well, I then it won't come weird. up, will it? Oh, it is the gem state. There yeah, we go. Right. That's How right. How do you know that? Are you some kind of... Savant? Kind of <laughs> no, I, I only know... I know Massachusetts is the uh, base state. Hunting. We're the base state. Idaho's the gem state. Rhode Island is the ocean state. Yeah. Hawaii is the pineapple state. Uh, Texas, New obviously. New Hampshire is the granite state, right? New Hampshire is the granite state. Uh, or the live free and die. Or die state. Live free and die. Live free state. and die. <laughs> yeah. uh, Texas, what is Texas? Texas is the, the horse Lone state. Star. Texas is the Lone Star Lone state. Star. Uh, <laughs> uh, Montana, obviously, is the, um, is, is the, uh, the, the uncle state. Uh, yeah, uh, Florida is the small town pedophile state. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, dude. Hollywood, California is the big town pedophile state. Um, uh, anyway, I don't fucking know any of them. I don't know why I know the gem state. Um, yeah, that's so, crazy, man. Fucking weird. Uh, another cool thing about this bill, another fucking awesome thing, is that it removes all oversight by the Idaho State Fish and Wildlife Commission from future decisions regarding the wolf population. So all yeah. of the experts on uh, wolves are no longer allowed to make decisions about wolves, and all of that authority rests squarely in the hands of politicians who, as we've mentioned, are completely bought and sold by lobbyists um, who are yeah. all anti-wolf. And this actually all comes on the heels of some of what were already the nation's most permissive, um, not only wolf hunting, but just most permissive hunting seasons ever. Uh, Idaho lets you basically just do whatever the fuck you want. Um, and about 500 wolves were allowed to be killed uh, annually. Um, and now they're going to go for 1,500. Um, so for clarification, it's generally accepted figure that wolves are really only responsible for a little less than 1% of total livestock loss in this area. Oh, that's um, good. So when you talk about that, you're essentially up in arms about nothing. Like, more sheep die from disease than wolves every year. Um, also, uh, an interesting figure that I meant to mention earlier is that because of the way wolves live, uh, I think it's like 20 to 60% of estimated wolf deaths annually are due to other wolves. They're so territorial. Like now, obviously, that's going to change in Idaho, where the leading Ain't cause no is going to be going to kill another wulf. They're going to get watch. mulched by I'm some kill kind of two wolves. <laughs> <laughs> Every wolf that kills another wolf, I kill two wolves. Grand total, four wolves dead. No such thing as a good wolf. Um, also, wolves generally like they're heavily migratory and they don't like people. They'll pretty much stay off your land if they realize that they're there. They'll only occasionally accidentally cross over farmland when they are 
um, chasing elk. And those are the circumstances where, like, if you've got a sheep and it's readily available and that wolf is hungry, he'll kill a sheep. But they're not out for sheep. They want elk. They want, like, good-ass wild they elk They want to chase it, yeah. yeah. Sheep's just going to sit there and get its ass killed. Yeah, they don't want that shit. So it's not like they're, like, out, like, hunt. ripping sheep to shreds on the daily. Like, it's it's pretty few and far between. Um, also, there's there's not been a single uh, wolf attack in Yellowstone since the wolves were reintroduced on humans. Um, so any fear about, like, the danger towards people is negligible. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean... All this, all this leads to the point that this is obviously like a really big issue, and you could do a whole fucking podcast about wolves and nature and shit, and we're not doing that. So obviously, I glossed over a lot of stuff, and we're still about to hit an hour and twenty minutes. Um, yeah. But I just want to ingrain in your idea that it's possible that humanity, particularly uh, white European colonists. Um, are a bit insanely prejudiced against the noble wolf. And we've got this sort of unwillingness to coexist uh, that doesn't just extend to the wolf. It's sort of the hallmark of our of our society in a lot of ways. Um, it, yep. it, it extends into our relationships with other people. Um, it sort of defines the... I think that the relationship of Americans to the wolf is sort of the quintessential explanation of the relationship between Americans and the world. Um, We've only got one speed, which is try to do it as big as fucking possible. And yep. when it's something like um, hatred of a particular species or, I don't know, racism or you name it, we, it's like a very go big or go home attitude that, uh, that we have here in this country. If you're and fucking with something that we want to take, even if it's yours, we're going to take it. We're going to take it. And if you can't, if we can't have it, no one's going to have it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um and so this, this is just sort of a, a real um, visceral example of the sort of violent tendencies that I think have shaped our relationships to, to any other living being on this planet, particularly I'm talking about um, people in, in our demographic, you know, white, yeah. um, European descent, uh, culturally Christian um, elites in this country. Um, and so I think it's a real problem. And so I wanted to sort of address this. Uh, as I said, this bill in Idaho has passed. There's there's not much to be done uh, this this second about repealing it. Um, there are protests going on. I, I suggest that you look into it further. Uh, it's a developing story there, um, but it's really sad because the rebound of the wolf in uh, the American West was one of the few sort of natural heartwarming stories um, in recent memory that had to do with you know people trying to do the right thing, um, ecologically speaking. And from the second it was proposed, it's been completely under fire. And mm -hmm. it looks like that battle's a losing one. And yeah. there's a very well, real possibility. Let's just put it out there. Sorry, continue. I was just going to say there's a very real possibility that we will have uh, eradicated the wolf from North America twice, which is a fucking outstanding uh, yeah. achievement. We killed them all. We repopulated them. And then we fucking killed them all again. And so, yeah. yeah, let it be known, Left on Red is a pro-wolf podcast. 100%. So any wolf hunting sons of bitches out there going to be fucking with the wolves, you're fucking with the boys. Dude, mess, miss me with We're that wolf you, shit. motherfucker. Yeah, I don't want that, dude. Anytime I hear about anybody hunting a wolf, uh, we're not close, you and I. The hunters going to become the hunted. Going to become the fucking hunted, dog. <laughs>
Um, yeah, and I mean, look, I'm not even saying, like, there are specific circumstances where I can wrap my head around hunting, but flying overhead in a chopper with night vision goggles and a fucking M16. Some kind of fucking pervert. That, that's that's literally. Chubby a, in his goddamn pants thinking about fucking putting out some squealing wolf pulse. Some beautiful, majestic, gorgeous mm. nope. wolf. No, sir. Running Not untamed through the wilderness. Not on our watch. Drinking crystal clear Rocky Mountain yeah. spring water. Taking Imagine. a perfectly healthy spherical or conical, sh- what is it? Oblong ovaloid shit every morning. A shit that in a is, different you know, spot. It's natural and in nice. a different spot. Doesn't yeah. just. Oh man. Imagine you're a nice little innocent wolf. You're a little bit thirsty. You got a pitter patter with your little wolf paws mm-hmm. over to the stream. Mm-hmm. Take a sip of some crystal clear water, and bam! Bullet comes ripping through your wolf head. Would you like that? Uh-huh. No. You would not Mm-mm. like that shit. You don't want that. Cool thing about wolf paws, really quick, that I learned that I didn't put in the show, but we're going to tack it on at the end here. So wolves are, are remarkably well adapted to like living in sub-zero temperatures and can yeah. comfortably rest in temperatures up to minus 40 Celsius, which I just found out is also minus 40 Fahrenheit. That's where yeah, the two, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's about that's the where they meet. Um, but yeah, so a wolf can, can literally take a nap in up to minus 40 degrees weather as long as it covers its nose and tucks its tail in. Um, those are the two extremities that they'll that lose heat. Warm, man. Yeah, um, and also you were talking about their paws. So their paws obviously have no fur on them. They've got like a really unbelievable uh, temperature regulation system where they can divert blood flow from other parts of their body to the extremities and keep those warm even in like sub sub zero temperatures. And uh, I just think that's amazing. Oh. Their hair is like perfectly designed. Uh, a wolf's hair will not accumulate frost hey man, if moisture hits it. So, like, if a wolf gets, like, can water you on its... You? No, you just froze. You froze. Oh. And then I could hear, like, weird beeps coming from my headphone. Weird. From you. No, you froze. Okay, I, I was we'll making a point. I guess we'll I think it'll probably turn out like. fine. Yeah. You'll send yeah. me the audio, and I'm sure it'll just be fine. You're still recording, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't stop. All right, cool. I think I think it'll be fine. Um, yeah. Anyway, wolves are just fucking rad. I learned a lot about wolves. I'm not going to dive into all of it, even though I want to, because we're pretty much out of time. But yeah. um, save the wolves, man, and all animals. Just we should be better to them. Yeah. That's what I yeah, say. Yeah, animals are cool. Honestly, like fuck you if you don't like animals. You're a weird motherfucking man. Yeah, You're I think weird. It's, I think it's really weird. Bitch. And we've, we've got like those people that are like, oh, I don't like dogs. I don't like cats. You're fucking weird, man. All animals are cool. Well, especially dogs, man. Dogs and wolves, like those are our homies from way back. Like those are yeah. like, those are like our That's ride or die, like day one best friends, dude. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel so like we're doing no, them dirty. Don't be a weirdo that doesn't like animals. Yeah. Like one of them motherfucking losers that are all rich and they spend all that money to go to like Africa, and just like shoot. We talked about this on another. Yeah, it's demented. So we're it's not going to go over it again. Demented. You're a fucking loser if you like that. Yeah. Fuck no, off. Don't do that shit. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, unless do you have anything you want to add? Uh, nope. Just uh, you know, if you like the podcast, please tell your friends. Uh, give us some ratings and reviews mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on the various apps. Five stars, preferably. If yep. it goes up to five, if it goes up to ten, I don't know why it would, but give us ten. Yeah, if it goes um, up to twenty, anything between seventeen and twenty is good. Fifty-six star method. Go with fifty-six. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. 
So that's it. You know, tell people about us. You know, uh, basically, probably the best way right now for us to grow is uh, word of mouth. You know, until uh, until as my buddy Ian has said, you know, sometimes podcasts they'll just all of a sudden you know hit like a critical mass where they'll just keep going. But we're not there yet. So please no. tell people. No. Yeah. Um. And again, as always, like you know, you'll there'll be links for you to reach out to us in the in the pod notes. Um, yeah. We're open to suggestions. We would love to hear from you. So. It's it's been a it's been a long and lonely winter, and we're looking to have a uh, a history a, a history wolf boy boys. summer wolf boy summer. Yeah. Also, we're furries, by the way, so we really yeah. Like oh, this wolves. whole thing is because Evan and I are furries. <laughs> so we like to dress up like wolves and uh, and. Uh, well, well, yeah, that's not my. Well, we do Mine stuff. Isn't, I'm a furry for an octopi. I'm an oct- octopus. Yeah, you're a cef you're a cef a cephy. Yeah. It's- yeah, the Cephi, yeah, the uh, the Cephi community. Yeah. yeah, and you make all kinds of like weird cephalopod jokes, like you're eating dinner in your costume, and you're like, "Better cut my bites up really small. Wouldn't want to rupture my brain, which is located, uh, <laughs> yeah, which which it, is located around my it's esophagus." Decentralized throughout my tentacles. Oh, but watch out for my arms. I don't know what they're doing. I'm not they're, even thinking about it. The main bulk of their brain wraps completely around their esophagus. So if an octopus swallows something too big, it can literally kill itself by by piercing its own brain. Imagine evolving a creature. Like, that's a, such a great argument for there not being a god. Like, what god would be like, all right, cool. So what we're going to do is we're going to make this, like, little guy. He's got, like, all these arms. Pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, if he gets too his, hungry, he'd die. His esophagus <laughs> is going to pass directly through the center of his brain. Um, so better cut his bites up real small. Yeah. I just think that's uh, funny. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, until then, have a wonderful life and try not to fucking kill any wolves out there. Yeah, or we'll we'll kill you. Yeah, we will fucking <laughs> we will fucking kill your ass. Dude. That's it. We'll I'm just gonna we'll kill you. We'll literally yeah. kill you. That is I not will, a joke or a bit. I will chop you up with an axe. <laughs> All right. Shit. All yeah, right. man. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, brother. Shit. Yeah, brother. We have just threatened, I don't know, the 10 people that are going to hear this. All right. Love you guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. So these people were, were mostly devout Christians. Um, and s- Give me one second. Sure. There's a bug on my wall. You couldn't have caught it? Are you not one of those guys? What's up? Are you not one of those guys, one of those catch it and let it go kind of guys? It depends on the bug and depends where I am, but I'm upstairs right now. It'd be too difficult. Mm. Yeah. All right. I, I don't have a window that I can open up here, so. Right, right, right. I'm just seeing a lot of similarities between uh, wolf persecution and your persecution of bugs, but that's a, that's maybe something we can do a later episode about. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Check it out, then. Dead. I can't see it. Yeah. That's a little thing. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, so these people would have been mostly... Well, uh, hold off one second. Okay. Ah, Is this still alive? No, I just want to get him off my book. Jesus Christ. Get off my book, you damn dirty bug. Sir. All right. Where were we? Um, 